0: our regular routine of kids complaining and laundry to fold? How do we live well, do good, be happy with big jobs and full lives? Well, I'm Polly Campbell, and that's what we'll talk about here on Simply Sunday. Come on, get up. Why are you so slow? Get going. You're so tired. so much to do. How am I going to get it all done? My life is so hard. Louise, enough already. Those are the voices I woke up to this morning. The voices coming from inside my own head. You've heard them before. You know what I'm talking about. Those inner voices, the commentary always running in the background of our lives. Those voices can be a helpful, inspiring us and pushing us forward. Or a hindrance, sabotaging our success and leaving us filled with self-doubt. Those inner voices and how to silence the inner critic, that's what we'll be talking about today here on Simply Side. Hey, hey, this is Polly Campbell. Thanks for joining me here on the podcast where we talk about practical ways, and when I say practical, I mean things even I can do to live well, do good, and be happy. If I can do them, you can do them, and this is a subject I've worked on a lot in my own life. Because those inner voices, they're playing non-stop. The self-talk that runs incessantly, chattering in the background of our lives. Those voices never go away. It's part of how we relate to the world, part of being human, how we process our own experiences. But too often we let those inner voices dictate how we act or perform. Too often we let them determine how we think about ourselves, and that's baloney. Because first off, we are creating that self-talk, right? Our inner voices are a product of our thoughts, are a product of our worries and anxieties and our ideas, so we're the ones in charge. Too often our self-talk sounds like that nagging mother-in-law or a whiny teenager, and that's how I started my day off today. I was tired, my body ached, I didn't feel like going to work, yada, 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 life is so hard. And I let all those noises play in the soundtrack of my mind. I was weak, I was lazy, I wasn't good enough. But that's a bunch of garbage, and we have to be careful about which voices we listen to. Because our inner voices can be a source of motivation. They can give us insight, talk us through difficult situations, help us perform better. I give plenty of credit to mine. They helped me stay disciplined and focused enough to create a writing career. They've helped me get up and get going and manage my chronic illness, even when I didn't feel like it. They've helped me to become a a determined advocate for myself, to go after what I want. But each time I face something new or consider doing something different, even after all these years, those inner voices can also be a loud critic, chiming in, questioning my actions, asking me who do I think I am to write a book or speak on these topics, reminding me I'm not good enough, not smart enough, too old, too weak, too not enough right you know that voice of course you do because those voices are part of our very evolution they evolved as a way to keep us safe to help us be aware and sensitive to the threats that could take over our lives and threaten our very existence those voices can often be heard comparing ourselves to others or worrying about what others think criticizing our every flaw maybe these voices were useful in ancient times before our language and resources expanded, when things were more limited and our needs were much more immediate. During those times, it did matter a whole heck of a lot how well you stacked up to others and what you could contribute to the tribe. Your contribution determined on how well you would do in the tribe, how long you would live, and how well you worked with others. Those were essential components when our ancestors lived in tribes and relied heavily on each other for survival. When you compared yourself to others, you could see how you were measuring up in those days. Were you living up or letting down? And you were more motivated to close the gap between yourself and others, to do your part for the tribe so you could be part of the group. Now, though, we compare our bodies to Photoshop models and the highlights others share on Facebook, and then those inner voices of insecurity play up. We aren't good enough, we aren't fun enough, our life isn't interesting enough. Enough of that. Here's the thing, you are in charge. It is tough to silence the inner voices altogether because whenever we have a thought we don't wanna think, our brains have to keep coming back to remember that we don't have to think it. Does, Does that make sense? Whenever we try to suppress an idea or thought, our brain has to circle back around to remember, ah, right, this is the thing I don't want to think about anymore. Right, this is the thing I'm not going to think about. And that keeps the very thing we're trying to suppress in the forefront of our mind. So let's not try to suppress the thought. We don't need to waste time doing that. We also don't have to let those inner voices run amok. They don't have to run on and on and they don't have to be in charge of our lives. Also, we don't have to believe what we hear. Just because the voices are the soundtrack to our lives, we don't have to take it in and believe it. Most times what they're saying has nothing to do with the reality. So here's the deal, the voices are going to continue. We all have that inner critic, that inner cheerleader also pepping us up, right? It's just how we are wired. Some part of us will always care what others think and compare ourselves to others. It's in our genes and part of our survival in the tribe. So you might not be able to change that, but you can change the way you respond and change the way you think about your own thoughts. In other words, what if those inner voices didn't matter so much? What if you laughed them off and didn't believe them? What if you took the parts that were useful and motivating and let the rest go? Next time you hear those inner voices comment on your work or decisions on what you're wearing or eating, just become aware. Notice them. Just hear them playing in the background like music in the elevator. Psychology professor Stephen Hayes, known for his work on acceptance and behavioral therapy, told me once to hear the inner critic... Like you notice your kids fighting in the back seat of the car, right? I, I, when you're on a road trip or driving somewhere and you hear the kids or the passengers bickering from the back seat, you hear the noise, you catch a word here and there, you may get part of what's being said, but you don't really give it your full attention. After all, they're in the back seat and you're driving the car. You are on the path headed the right direction, the direction you want to go. You have to steer yourself to that destination. So a little background noise won't take you off your route, right? Next time you hear the inner critic babbling in the back of your brain, notice it like the kids in the back seat. Notice it and keep driving on your path. Also show yourself and those inner voices a little self-compassion. After all, they're there to keep you safe. You don't need them anymore, not in the way that we did in ancient times. We don't need them in the taskmaster critical kind of way. So just notice, give them thanks, recognize that it's part of who you are, and then keep on moving in the direction you want to go. Often the voices become the loudest when we are doing our best, right? We feel like an imposter, we don't fit in, we're rising to the challenge, and all of a sudden the critic comes up in the background and says, what are you even doing? How did you end up here? They're gonna find out you're a frog. Have you ever experienced that? I'll tell you what, when I went to my first book signing and I stood up there with this personal development book and started talking to people about the concepts that I, I believe in, the things I talk about here and the things that I live by and have researched for years, the voice in the back of my head was so loud. What the heck are you doing? What are you doing here? They're not going to listen to you. You don't fit here. We aren't good enough, right? Those voices of self-doubt can smack us around, but you keep right on going. You don't need to quiet those voices. Tons of research shows that when you quiet them or try to quiet them, they only get louder. But you can look at them another way, as though they're separate from who you are. Ethan Cross who does a lot of interesting work in his emotion and self-control lab at the University of Michigan has found that looking at those voices and thoughts as though you were another person, an outside person, can diffuse them a bit. It's called self-distancing, and it involves replacing the first-person pronoun, I and me, with a non-first-person pronoun, you, he, she, when you're talking yourself. I know, feels a little bit like a Seinfeld episode, but I do this all the time, and it is so powerful. In fact, this came up last night on the golf course when I hit a, okay, when I hit many terrible shots, and I was feeling embarrassed and frustrated, and those voices were loud. They took off reminding me I'd never compete, and I was holding everyone up, and why did I play golf anyhow, and I didn't belong, and then I stepped outside my head. A minute, and I started talking to myself, as though I were a friend from the outside looking on. Oh, Polly, that's just one bad shot. You've had plenty of good ones too, and you're out here playing, moving your body, and keeping up with the other golfers in your group. Oh, Polly, you're having fun. You've got this. This bad shot doesn't mean the others will be bad. I played around with that self-distancing approach like I have many times before, and I had fun and made me laugh, but also calmed me down. And from that place, I recovered well enough to play okay and keep up. Most importantly, I had fun and I felt a whole lot less stressed. This kind of self-distancing allows you to step back and think about the situation as though it was happening to someone else. It depersonalizes us for us, so we don't get so caught up in what isn't working. And then it's easier to see the situation more clearly and respond in a way that's more positive, more motivating, and helps us improve and grow from whatever experience it is. Also, self-distancing reminds us that it's never as bad as what we tell ourselves. We are very hard on ourselves. We tend to be the greatest critic. Think about the coaches who coach that way. In this day and age, that's not appreciated or allowed anymore. We know that the way to motivate others is to support them and encourage them and offer information they need to get better. So why do we beat up on ourselves? We can calm those inner voices with self-distancing and feel better. And when we feel better, you know I say it all the time, we do better. Another approach I use is based on the work of Byron Katie, and that is this. When I become aware of the voices of self-doubt and the way that inner critic is playing in my head, I pause, I notice the thought, I self-distance, and then I ask myself, is that even true? And how do I know for sure? Of course I am not the worst golfer on the planet. Of course I am not stupid or clueless and have no friends. Of course I do not have the worst hair. Okay, well, I have some bad hair days, but... I am not the worst. None of us are the worst, right? We all make mistakes. We are all having a human experience. But a mistake doesn't imply that you're a terrible person. Failure isn't personal. It's a learning opportunity. And yet those inner voices can make us out to be terrible, awful, stinky people, (laughs) right? That's a technical term, stinky people. We don't need to listen to them. They are not even true. I step in now right away and say, is there any evidence that I'm a complete doofus? Is there any evidence that I'm the worst writer on the planet? No, there is no evidence. Sometimes I'm good, sometimes I'm medium, sometimes I'm bad, but I'm not the worst and I can just keep on going. Our inner voices often steer us toward absolute and extreme language. That's a way to catch it, right? When it's not being true, or helpful. And they'll sound something like, you never do anything right. You are the worst. There is no way you can figure out. That absolute language is a sure sign that they're false, that there's no truth to them. And we don't need to listen to that. So don't believe them, instead redirect them. Look at the times when you were good at something, when you were friendly at the party, or you got a job as a result of your interview, or you got a good grade at school, or you helped your neighbor. Look at the times when you successfully navigated the other challenges in your life. That is the evidence that you want to hold. Now that you know your inner critic is just some kind of dramatic and exaggerated teenager, with compassion the way you would talk to a friend is beating up on themselves we are so hard on ourselves and we would never talk to other people like that and you should never let anyone else talk to you that way right so go forward with compassion and then rewrite a better script one that actually supports you and lifts you up next time you feel like you said something stupid in a job interview or didn't fit in at a party Look for evidence to the contrary and reframe the story those voices are telling. The question you didn't answer well in the interview doesn't necessarily have to be a sign that you're not good for the job or not talented enough or not smart enough or that you'll never get another interview. It could be that you learn how to handle the more difficult questions. That that question was a way of learning for you and growth that will make you better even next time around. It was a turning point. When you can see that those voices are really highlighting a moment of your growth and development, that you're really getting better, then you can re-script those voices instead of talking about your failure and inadequacy. Your voices can be a cheerleader for the abilities you do have and the talents that you do have. There are always two sides to every story, right? And there are many stories to be told. Let's make sure we're telling the right ones, the stories that help us and lift us up, show us that we're in charge. We can think and say anything we want, so let's choose the thoughts that will take us where we want to go, and let's listen to those voices. Another way to do this is to notice the voice that's speaking in the background and say, "Ah, there you go, there's the inner critic again. In the process of knowing and labeling those voices, we detach ourselves from the fault finding, right? Instead of becoming reflexive, we notice and respond in a way that helps dim the power of that voice instead of letting it dominate, got it? Rewrite the script from your inner critic. This brings us to the simply start segment, where I offer a simple practice to get you going on this thinking today. And right now, we're going to rewrite the script for The Inner Critic. What are you thinking right now? This woman is full of hogwash. I could never do that. Or my life is too hard. Or I'm not good enough, not smart enough, not young enough. Become aware of your thoughts and cross-examine them. If what that voice is saying makes you feel weak or less than, fills you with doubt or frustration, seems to draw energy from you, cross-examine it. Put it on trial. Is what it says true? How do you know for sure? Does that voice move you closer to your goals? Does it align with who you want to be and how you want to feel as a person? If it doesn't, if even a single part of that voice holds you back, makes you feel less than, Take out a pen and paper and write out a new script. Write out a sentence, a mantra maybe, that you can use to replace the critical inner voice with something that lifts you up, something that empowers you. A lot of times when I'm hearing those voices and I tune into them, I will just come back with, hey, I got this, I can figure this out. I can learn what I need to know to get through this situation, right? It's that simple, I've got this. What are you going to use to re-script the negative inner voices of self-doubt with something more powerful and empowering to match who you are and how you wanna live this life? Try it now, that's a Simply Start segment and that means it's time for Simply Nifty. This part of the program is where I offer you something I love, an idea or an item or a book or a video, something that lifts me up, something that I use regularly on my own life uh, to feel good. And so today's Simply Nifty is up to you. The Simply Nifty is up to you. I want you to pick your favorite song or even create a soundtrack for your life. A soundtrack that's going to lift you up. When I think of inspiring songs, I have a bunch. But what I love is that old Wilson Phillips song, Hold On. Now nah. I know there's pain, but you hold on for one more day. And you break free, break from... Ah, enough. Now I really have the inner voices going off. I am not headed for American Idol anytime soon. I hope you weathered that little piece with me. But Hold On is one of those songs that fires me up and reminds me what we're capable of and all that we can do in this life. What is your soundtrack? I want you to pick a couple of your favorite empowering songs. I want to you put an icon on your desktop, put it in your phone, wherever you listen to music. And several times today, I want you to amp it up and rock out in the car, when you're doing chores, when you're on the way to work, whatever it is. Create a soundtrack for your life or even a single song that reminds you and your inner voices that you have got it going on. All right? probably relieved this is over after that little song rendition. Huh? <laughs> All right, that's it today on Polly Campbell Simply Said. If you want to learn more about the inner critic and the way we get caught up in the beliefs and voices that sabotage us and what we can do about it, check out my book Imperfect Spirituality, Extraordinary Enlightenment for Ordinary People. I write extensively about ways we can overcome those difficult beliefs. And you can link to the book from my website, www.imperfectspirituality.com, and you can find me there too. Or ask about it at your local bookstore. Want to track me down? You can do it at at PL Campbell or again at www.imperfectspirituality.com. And if you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave us a review. As always, I am grateful to have you here. Thank you for being a part of the show and all the goofiness. I don't think we have to take life so seriously all the time. And by re scripting those inner voices, we can have a whole lot more fun and live well, do good, and be happy.